0: You're listening to Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Sportsnet today rolling on on this Thursday. Thanks for tuning in. Quick reminder: if you missed any of it, in hour one, we'll talked lots about the Flames and the Predators from Thursday from excuse me Wednesday night. In Nashville, Fortune lost to the Flames that saw their four game point streak come to an end. Heard from head coach Ryan Huska and Noah Hannafin. Also checked in with our pal Adnan Vert from MLB Network and NHL Network. You can grab that on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. We're live this Thursday from a journal and source for sports, 9309 McLeod Trail South. To will tell you more about what we're doing here later on this afternoon. Quick reminder that, of course, we're shows coming at you from the Doug Lacys Basin Systems downtown studios, where my producers Cam and Taylor are uh, this afternoon. But we're going to kick this hour off going down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Talk some more hockey with our guest Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. He was on the desk last night for a busy night across the NHL with 14 games on the go. Sammy, good afternoon, man. Thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing
2: great, Logan. Yeah, thanks for uh, for having me on. It was a fun night. Some some pretty awesome skilled goals last night. I was a uh, it was impressive just kind of cycling through all the games to see some of the, the skill on display. And then you know you're talking about the defenseman, uh, the Hughes Macar thing. Like it was a it was a fun night.
1: <laughs> there was a little bit of everything last night. You mentioned highlight real goals. Uh, I'm still watching that Benson goal on repeat. The the audacity of a young man to go and do that for his first NHL goal is something else, cause.
2: Oh man, I, I I really get a kick out of out of Benson. You know, like he's just a he's just a hockey nut. And having spent a, a bit of time with him, going back, uh, you know, two years ago, I remember we were in uh, in Winnipeg doing some stuff with the ice there uh, when they had Savoy and Geeky, and I met Benson in the dressing room and. You know, he kind of looked a little uh, starry-eyed. He's like, what the heck is this guy doing here? And he <laughs> shot the breeze for a moment and then really got to hunker down and know him at the Combine last year and exchange a couple of, of DMs with him after the goal last night. So I got a kick out of that. But what an unbelievable young man. Um, really, really good hockey player. Lots of value for Buffalo there where he got picked at 13. Um, and that was more of a size issue than, than a skill issue for sure, but who would think of doing that as your first NHL goal like that was that was amazing
1: insane and one of those ones where we we joke it's the the classic hockey one telling your your kids and your grandkids that you went top shelf for your first NHL goal Uh, Zach Benson doesn't have to lie that he scored one of the prettiest ones for his first time
2: for sure and that's (laughs) that's a great thing to share with you know as good buddy as Connor Bedard too so I'm sure uh I'm sure old Betsy got a kick out of that one when he saw the highlights. Uh, Bedard, of course, doing his own thing last night as well.
1: I was going to just say we got it was perfect. You talked about all the storylines we had last night. Bedard v Fantilli was a, a pretty big one. I know you guys probably would have been more on the Canadian side of things on the desk last night, but you had to be peeking over at uh, at Chicago and Columbus to get a peek of that, right?
2: Oh, for sure, like. You know Columbus has a number of interesting storylines you got Goudreau of course listeners in your area would be familiar with what's happened with him the line A is he you know is he going to be back is he going to be benched is he going to play is he going to play wing or center and then of course the Fantilli angle who had a, just a beautiful assist and what was a, a big win for Columbus so um, that storyline alongside uh, you know Bedard getting his goal and there's Benson saying hey boys don't forget about me and and making sure he made his mark that was was neat.
1: Yeah fun when you're uh, two of the top picks in the draft and you know most people are going to be looking out for you but you know Zach Benson like you mentioned was never a skill issue he'd probably be right up there near the top of the draft rankings if he just had another inch or two to his size right Sam and you go through those conversations as much as anybody
2: Well you know in terms of just pure rankings he was right in my top ten and I think he got as high as maybe, maybe six uh, at one point during the year. But as you started to do your due diligence moving towards the draft and after the combine, people were a little turned off by the by the size. I mean, it was not really a deterrent for me because look at how smart he is and how engaged he is in the game and the process of getting better. And probably the one thing that stuck out to me most is even in the 16-year-old year playing with Savoy and Geeky, I'd watch him play and he'd be better than both of those guys on a lot of nights. Yeah, you know a little bit more consistent. Now that's, that's to take nothing away from Savoy and Geeky, who are going to be really good players in their own right. But to be overshadowed by at that time a 16-year-old was really impressive stuff. So there was, uh, you know, there was a history and there was some foreshadowing and, and, and tale telling to be done there. And right now for Benson, like it's uh, you know as, as Don Granado said best, he's helping us win games. He's stands and he's helping yeah. them him. Uh, You
1: know, if not win games, at least be competitive. 100%. Uh, I was uh, curious. So we'll go through a couple of the NHL games that you guys were covering last night. we got to start with the Oilers and the Hurricanes because I I tuned in for the second intermission segment uh, that you guys had. And, uh, Sammy, I can't can't blame you or or Luke Gazdick or anybody else last night for the the pure level of shock that you guys were seeing out of just another – I don't know what word you want to use for it now. Listless, lethargic, casual performance from the Edmonton Oilers in a game that, I mean, you knew you had to get up to take on the Carolina Hurricanes, and that just wasn't good enough for a team that's got super high expectations.
2: Well, what it does, after a stretch of time, you start to wonder if internally there's not something going on there that the public doesn't know about, hasn't been made aware of, hasn't... uh, been cracked yet by by one of the the reporters covering the team on a daily basis? So you have to start to wonder, you know, if that thing, if there is such a thing, is going to come out. But my goodness, like when you see Nurse have to leave the pregame, no helmet, stitches, then you see Stuart Skinner like trying to go for a slide and stop himself and wipes out and ends up in Carolina's end of the world. I'm, I'm like, there's no way this this night is going to start like this. And sure enough, that was the foreshadowing for what was, again, another uh, another difficult performance. I-, I have to ask you this, though. Sure. Like, has it gotten to the point now where Flames fans feel bad for the Oilers, or are they absolutely loving their lives every day watching this thing? Uh,
1: they're in love with it. Uh, I think the only <laughs> nightmare that exists, Sammy, is uh, – that there's a, a cruel world and a cruel possibility out there that if it continues for the Oilers, we know what kind of luck they have in draft lotteries. I think that that sits in the back of the mind for a lot of Flames fans. But until that time, uh, there is zero sympathy coming from uh, south of Edmonton. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I kind of figured as much, but you know, it's always nice just to check in. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, look, the the Battle of Alberta in the playoffs—that was fun and everything. But uh, like, I got to be honest with you—if there's uh, if there's one team that uh, this city doesn't mind uh, seeing some hard times on, it's it's the one in Edmonton. And believe me, with 97 and what he's done to this team on a consistent basis here in Calgary, uh, it's uh, it's a pretty sweet sign for them to see them struggle for a little bit. I just, I honestly just—you guys were going through it so well, and I could see the the frustration from you and even from luke and trying to just figure out why this team can just be so i don't even again i don't even know what the word is sammy i'm just i'm so surprised to see this on a consistent basis from a team that has so much top-end talent and just can't figure it out this year
2: it's it's really wild it's 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 mind busting it's It's frustrating to watch when you have obviously two of the best players in the world. You want to see them go out and do their thing, but it also leaves to imagination a number of things as to what could be wrong. You know, is David still banged up? If he is, to what extent? What's going on with Drysaddle? How come he's not the same? Evan Bouchard, you know, is is really one of the more polarizing figures on that team because at the end of the day, he's still putting up a you know a ton of points. But he's still given up a lot the other way, too. So all of these things, what it comes down to is, this is a conversation that essentially started four and five years ago. What's with the Edmonton Oilers? How are they going to make life good for Dreisaitl and McDavid? Well, we got to address goaltending, we have to address secondary scoring, and we have to address our D. And here we are four or five years later saying the exact same things. We have to address goaltending, we have to address our D., we have to address secondary scoring. So all of that uh, has really not, uh, just come to land where it's been four and five years ago. It's, it's bizarre.
1: It is, and uh, now a lot of attention on Ken Holland after the decision to move on from Jay Woodcroft, and a uh, tough spot for Chris Knoblock to come into, and uh, try to fix this team on the fly as their season uh, is in a tough spot at the U.S. Thanksgiving mark. Uh, you guys also, of course, were to kept eyes on the Flames and the Predators last night. Not the best showing from Calgary. They made some lineup changes, Sammy, and uh, their four-game point streak came to an end. What did you make of the Flames and the Preds last night?
2: I, I like the Preds. They were they were coming full speed. I, I, I think they exhibited last night a lot of what New GM Barry Trotz wants to do moving forward. Get the puck north, fast paced game, plenty of shots, spread the offense a little bit, get good goaltending. I thought all of those elements were in play. And you can see, you know, the light bulb turns on a little bit with Nashville and and what they want to become, as opposed to just being that team that, you know, sits in that mushy middle year after year, other than their, their appearance in the finals and what was it, 2017 or 18, you you know, like, you you think that, all right, we're going to change course here. Instead of just being this defensive juggernaut and churning out really great a defensemen all the time, we want to be fast, we want to be youthful, we want to score goals. We still want to prevent them, but we want to play a more entertaining brand. I think you saw some of that from Nashville last night.
1: Uh, It was interesting as we were getting set for that game, Uh, here in Calgary, talking to a couple of the writers in in Nashville, and man, were they ever impressed with, and hard to walk away not impressed with a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, who's come in there. He's got nine on the season now, and I think a lot of people wondered, Sammy, when that move was made, they moved on from, you know, Johansson and Duchesne, and they brought in a veteran guy like Ryan O'Reilly. Could he still be that guy at 32 that could be a top six for down the middle. I mean, he's hit 17 points in 18 games and just fits like a glove in Nashville.
2: I think the idea behind that was like, even if the point production isn't at a level we expect it, we're still getting a person who's gonna really uh, set the culture for us. gonna be a great example to the younger players in terms of how to play, how to approach the game, what it's like off ice in terms of your eating and your workouts. And really set the tone last day so when you have a player like that you mitigate the risk of what they're doing points wise if they're doing a really good job setting the culture and establishing the culture in your room and, and, and o'reilly's really done both i think about handing those leadership brains from the veterans like you Shane, that you talked about um uh and and, and johansen and you're thinking okay i think o'reilly is of much more uh solid character and those two guys, and that's and that's not to, you know, I think Johansson was a guy who was just happy to kind of be on the sidelines. I think Duchesne is more or less on the back nine of his career and just kind of wants to play and not have to worry about mentoring and, and, and doing things for others, and he's in a good spot in Dallas on a veteran team where, where he can do that now. And I think for Johansson, no change of scenery kind of thing, but O'Reilly, I think he's in it to win it. Like, he walks in there, he's got presence in the room, he's Uh, I I believe setting the culture moving forward for Nashville can't find a better guy in the league to do that
1: Uh, on a flames note Sammy as uh, you look and I'm sure you've heard out east all the the chatter that we've heard about uh, the UFAs and the potential movement that Craig Conroy has on his hands his team sits in a better spot than they did starting the season when they had that six game losing streak early on but Still, you've got guys like Lindholm, Zdorov, Tanev, who uh, Craig Conroy has insisted will not be members of this team uh, past the trade deadline if they're not signed up. Just how hard of a a situation do you think it is for a rookie GM like Craig Conroy navigating those waters right now, trying to figure out what his team is while still keeping an eye on the, the trade landscape and knowing that he might have to make some significant moves?
2: It's, it's a timing issue. So, you know, obviously being a, a quick study, he would have learned under tree and would have taken the, the advice of, of Maloney and just kind of watched and observed how the timing of things works out. When is it time to cut bait? When is it time to, you know, put the full court press on in terms of players you want to extend? So for me, it's all about that. It's not so much the end result. It's more the timing which teams are entering the market or exiting the market. Do you want to make sure you hit the timeframe where you're maximizing the teams that are in the market for your players, as opposed to having it narrowed where the return is not going to be as much. So I don't think there's any urgency as we sit here today. I know there's a lot of buttons pushed when it comes to the Thanksgiving, uh, the American Thanksgiving uh, timeframe and where teams are and where they stand and so on. But I think for Craig Conroy, he can really take a patient approach here moving forward. He has wonderful pieces that a number of teams um, are are going to to want to go after. Uh, The side note to that is, you know, you see what happens in Toronto today with Klingberg going an LTIR. Obviously, that's going to clear some space for a couple of people that you would think know each other well as dance partners. Maybe something happens uh, sooner than later there.
1: He's Sam Cosentino, Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca on the desk last night for uh, 14 games across the NHL. Obviously none on this Thursday. We're back at it with a busy Friday. Uh, you mentioned it earlier on. I wanted to jump back into it. Uh, how much fun was it to, uh, to see the Vancouver Canucks and the Colorado Avalanche go at it last night? Uh, two teams the top of the West right now, obviously Colorado not surprising to be there as much as uh, vancouver is sam but you know you mentioned quinn hughes and kale mccarr there's just a ton of skill on display last night at ball arena
2: oh yeah i mean the jt miller goal was was sensational like i mean just oh. sensational right? he uses his body you know banks it off his own skate and one times it off his own skate like that's <laughs> that's really neat stuff to watch these guys perform at, at the highest level in games that, you know, that have so much meaning against other guys with such, such skill. That's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, McCar flying around yeah. there, Hughes doing his thing, just uh, just awesome stuff. But a real good eye-opener, I think, for Vancouver, who, uh, you know, has had an unbelievable start, has had a couple of downturns here lately. it be interesting to see how they deal with that adversity and that they don't fall back into, you know, previous years where the adversity kind of killed them and and snowballed. I don't think that's going to happen this year, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they respond.
1: Uh, Before we let you go, Sammy, uh, last week you dropped your uh, scouting report on the uh, top prospects for November. Uh, Just want to get a thought on one player before we let you, because I want everyone to go and check out the article at .ca uh, and go through the list themselves. But we got a youngster here in Calgary uh, for the Calgary Hitmen and Carter Yakumchuk that's making some noise. What do you see out of the young uh, Hitmen defenseman that's made him uh, a potential first-round pick in next year's draft?
2: bomb of a shot goal score from the back end has some size some physicality to him uh, starting to display some some leadership qualities there for, for Steve Hamilton and a guy who's backed up uh, you know at least to the, through the start of this season a really good 16 year old season so uh, a guy that I uh, you know I could see him by the end of this thing competing with some of the, the other elite defensemen here and, and uh, making a push for that top 10 I, I think so highly of his game.
1: And I I mentioned this with our pal Jason Bukula last week when we had him on. Uh, Good time to head down to the Saddle Dome and check out the hitman, not only for Carter Yakumchuk, but uh, there's a ton of top-end talent in the WHL this year.
2: Yeah, and and it's, again, the 05 group was amazing. The 06 group looks like it's going to be on par safe for Bedard. Uh, But Carson Wetch is also a guy there playing in Calgary who who fans can get an eye on. He's probably uh, one of those fringe first-round guys if not, probably somewhere in the, in the top 50. So you get the opportunity to do that at a, at a lesser price than what you'd pay to watch the Flames and, and get to see the future of the game. Uh, get, out, get your tickets to go watch those hitmen. Uh,
1: no hockey tonight. What's keeping you busy on uh, U.S. Thanksgiving, Cause
2: Actually, I'm just on a ride home. had to uh, head up north to the cottage for, uh, for a little bit and do some work up there. Now, heading her back home and uh, probably go home and play some basketball with my son in the garage.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a great, uh, <laughs> a great way to spend the evening. Safe travels, cause. Uh, appreciate you as always, pal. Thanks for hopping on.
2: Okay, Logan, take care, buddy.
1: Take care, Sam Cosentino Joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon, Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. I mentioned to you, he was on the desk last night for 14 NHL games. The NHL schedule uh, off again today, as of course it's U.S. Thanksgiving. There's football all day. I can tell you right now, uh, the Cowboys are up seven nothing on the Washington Commanders in the second quarter. Uh, Packers upset the Lions earlier today for the seventh straight Thanksgiving loss uh for detroit and we still got the 49ers and the seahawks to coming uh to come your way at 620 tonight so no hockey but of course uh, plenty of nfl football to keep you busy uh on this u.s thanksgiving we're here at 9309 mcleod trail south our pals and adrenaline source for sports getting you set for their massive black friday sales event Changed up their hours They're going to be open an hour early tomorrow. They're going to get going at 9 a.m., and you're going to be one of the first people in line here at Adrenaline because they're giving away $3,200 in gift certificates to the first 55 people through the door. That's one per family, and the first 15 of those are going to receive a $100 gift card. Uh, when the doors open at 9 a.m., they got great deals already here. So if you want to come down, get a head start on your shopping. Uh, 25% off brands like Saxon and Stance. 25% off on Yeti items. Thirty percent off Pit Viper sunglasses and twenty-five percent off Sherwood products as well. Check out their Instagram feed for updates on tomorrow. But no, there's going to be deals up to fifty percent off of their, some of their uh, great hockey gear. They got, they got baseball gear, got everything they need uh, for the athlete in your life. Come on down to 9309. McCloud Trail South. We're here at Adrenaline Source for Sports. Getting set for their Black Friday event. Our Palazam is here. He'll show you around the store personally. Uh, Pat's on his way here. He loves uh, in-person hugs. He's a big hugger, so make sure that you come down. You see him. You give him a big hug. Uh, ask him all of your personal Flames questions that you've got lined up. You don't even have to wait for the phone lines uh, on a Flames talk post-game show. You can just come down here, do your shopping, and ask Pat those questions live in person. He's not busy. He's going to pretend like he's on the air and talking to Wes. That's not true. All of it uh, is just a, a big show and you're going to want to be here to chat with Pat in person. You can even say hi to Wes. Wes is also a local celebrity uh, and he's going to be rolling with Stock with Pat. We're here until 6 o'clock tonight, 9309, McLeod Trail South at our pals, uh, Adrenaline Source for Sports. Uh, we got one more segment this hour to go. Uh, we'll hear from Brent Cron, Calgary sporting legend to join uh, Joins to the guys on the big show uh, every morning following a Flames game to get his thoughts on what he saw. We'll get uh, some of his thoughts on last night's game between the Preds and the Flames and uh, get you more details on what we're doing here uh, ahead of their Black Friday sale at Adrenaline Source for Sports. This is Sportsnet Today. It's live on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, we're live here at Adrenaline Source for Sports, 9309 McLeod Trail South on this Thursday edition of Sportsnet Today. Back at the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios, my bread-loving producers, Cam and Taylor, who spent an entire five-minute break trying to convince me to feed them. You don't need that information, but I'm sharing it with you regardless. Quick reminder... Going down to Adrenaline Source for Sports tomorrow for their massive Black Friday sales event. They're open an hour early at 9 a.m. We're going to have gift certificates for the first 55 people through the door, one per family. First 15 people through receive $100. So get here to Adrenaline Source for Sports for their Black Friday sale tomorrow morning. I'll tell you more about that as we go on here. Lots of talk on the program today. Just finished up with Sam Cosentino. He watched the group last night from the studio. And we had a text come in uh, talking about, you know, the timing for for Craig Conroy, how it's going to work with all these UFAs. Uh, This text came in at 960960. It's the fan feedback line. You can text in if you'd like to. Uh, this text says, If it's the timing that Craig Conroy learned from True Living, I'd be scared. The timing of cutting bait with Froelich. The timing of the whole Goudreau thing. The timing of trading Bennett, not trading Jordano. The timing of not trading Brody or Hamnick. The timing of paying a first-round pick to get rid of the salary of a guy. You could just LTR on Monaghan. That's all horrible timing. Franchise crippling stuff. Don't have enough time to get into all of those points. I, I get what the texture is saying. And... The one thing I will say, I think it's unfair to – don't pin Brad Scherliving's mistakes to Craig Conroy too soon. Conroy's made one trade with the the Devils, and, look, you can love the Sharon Govich to Foley swap or hate it, but I just – I'm quick to assume because I I know from guys like Pat – and others that are closer to the organization than I am, that just because he Craig Collinroy worked under Bradshaw Living did not mean that they saw eye-to-eye eye on everything. I don't think they were butting heads when it came to every decision or the timing of certain decisions. But I, I don't think it's fair to assume that because he was the predecessor to, to Brad Bradshaw Living and spent a lot of years under him in the Calgary scenario, that he's going to, or in the Calgary scene, that he's going to immediately follow the same path as Treleving. And, and look, Brad Treleving never had – he set this situation up, unfortunately, for Craig Conroy, but he never had uh, a season with this many key UFAs and this many key decisions to make at the same time. So this is a completely new situation to Craig Conroy, and I think how he handles it will be a culmination of his decision-making and some of it with uh, the hockey ops group of, of Don Maloney and Dave Nonis included in that uh, as they go forward with uh, the decisions and when these decisions get made. As someone texted in, and Sam mentioned this as well, John Klingberg just went on LTIR for the Toronto Maple Leafs today. He might be done for the season, according to Frank Saravali. Does that increase the need for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Does that increase the timeline for them? To, to make a move for a defenseman we sure knew ahead of that Sweden trip and in large part thanks to Nikita Zadorov's agent that the Leafs were in hot pursuit or one of the suitors for Nikita Zadorov, maybe Chris Tanev. So let's let's see what happens but you know just as an overall point, I just think uh, a lot of this Conroy Treliving connection, I think can be overblown. I do think we'll see Craig operate as his own GM. And I think there will be some things he learned from Brad that he takes going forward. And I think there'll be some things that he doesn't uh, as well. Quick reminder, it is uh, U.S. Thanksgiving, no NHL hockey uh, on the schedule tonight. We do have three NFL games on the schedule. One of them's final already. I can tell you uh, the Green Bay Packers down the Detroit Lions 29-22 earlier today. Jordan Love threw three touchdown passes in the win. At a 125.5 passer rating in the victory. Uh, Packers now 5-6. Lions fall to 8-3. Cowboys have extended their lead over the Washington Commanders. This game live in the second quarter. Uh, Dak Prescott hooking up with Brandon Cooks on a 31-yard touchdown pass. Cowboys 14, Washington 3. And still to come later tonight, the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks kick off at 6 20. Let's flash you back to earlier this morning. Uh, our pal Brent Cron, a regular contributor to the station here on Sportsnet 960. He joins the guys in the morning show after every Flames game for his thoughts on the contest the night before. Uh, had some great stuff with Kron this morning that I wanted to share with you. His thoughts following a, a tough loss for the Flames last night. They didn't have their best against Nashville and they're now set for a very tough stretch of hockey going forward. Uh, here is Brent Cron with Matty Rose and Peter Klein a little bit earlier on this Thursday from the big show.
0: Um, there's a few different things that I wanted to talk about as far as moments within the game, but overall, what were your thoughts? To me, look like a group that it enjoyed a day
3: off and uh, maybe a little bit... Slow, yeah. compared to the Nashville Predators, very sluggish, mm-hmm. very sluggish team. I I didn't like the way they started that game. They had the power play early. Huberto decides that he going you know, to walk yosi and and that <laughs> didn't go over very well. No, rarely does. Rarely does. Uh, and slams on the brakes, and then even, you know, when they scored that goal, there I didn't like Pospisil's back check either. Like you could see him, he he was yep. he was skating hard at the start, and then he stopped because like, oh they're not going to score. Oh wait a second, the guy's got it in the slot, and then you see him do that just. That lazy, desperate that reach. That last reach after yeah. you've yeah. straight-legged your other two strides. You know, and, and, when and, you <laughs> realize,
0: I had a chance to be there, and now I really have to make it try like I was close. Exactly, yeah. right? But
3: but those video coaches can cut that out pretty quick. You know, I'm sure they might be watching <laughs> They get it. the overhead. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? They, they could probably, probably watch that at Coleman's house today. They could probably dissect a little tape. <laughs> Um, cause I in, I, in between the first and second football game, right, just yeah, a little you know film session. Or, or just break. The I was just going to say, maybe just during the commercials, you know, yeah. you could yeah. probably watch tape, yeah. right. Um, or tape, whatever you, whatever they do now, video film. film yeah. Video. Uh, but I, yeah, I didn't like his back check. And you know, that's one of the things too, for a young player that, yeah, it's nice to score all those nice goals. And you know, there's a lot of attention. He's, he's flying. He's, we've been very happy with him here but it's those little things that make you an NHL player. And there's a lot of guys that aren't in the national hockey that can score goals at, at, at will, but don't do the little things. And I'm not calling him out saying that he's not going to be a bona fide NHLer, but these are just little things that you got to put in your effort on both ends of the ice, and especially early on in your career, and, and being new to the team, those little things matter uh, uh, big time.
0: It was just one of those things for a young player, right? Yep. Like, we've given him a lot of praise recently, and for appropriately sure. so. But guys will have off games. Connor Zary the game before, yep. You know, had a little bit of an off game. Obviously, he was banged up at some point in that game or maybe yep. even prior, so he didn't play yesterday too. But it's a growing type of thing. And you got Caudry in between, who I'm sure is going to make sure that everybody's on the same page as far as mistakes that were made and how to fix them yep. along the way. But just overall, it was kind of a disappointing game, especially knowing that you had those first two points, Against Seattle, and you have this tough back to back. If you had had a nice effort against Nashville, yeah. no matter what had happened in the back to back, you probably would have felt pretty good about the trip for sure. And now you go into those, and you are saying well, we got to get at least what two points here.
3: Yeah, for right.
0: a team that's trying to stay stay around it. So that's a disappointing way to go about it. I did want to ask you about a couple of individual moments, like the
3: Flames' first goal. What happened to UC Saros there? Yeah, because it went off his blocker and in the net. He got turned around almost. Well, the
0: one where he. It, Manjapani gets the rebound because it goes into Saros' glove and he kind of like scooped it back out to Manjapani. Yeah. I wasn't, I, to me, it looked like the punk was just in the very tip of his glove. <laughs> and as he tried to kind of scoop it towards him, he instead just like threw it onto
3: the stick of 88. Well, and he, he didn't look sharp at the start though either. Mm. Sar- to me, he just didn't. You know not I mean? You know, like that, that goal too. I mean, Hannafin kind of beats him short side and it kind of go- hits his blocker. Yep. and it mm-hmm. just kind of slides in. He wasn't. He wasn't, after he kind of made like a weird looking save yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah, you know, he just he just looked kind of awkward to start the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he, he's he's a pretty uh, pretty unflappable goalie though. Too he does. That's one thing that I like about you know guys like him. It's you. know, He can let in a bad goal, or he can be in the wrong position, or just things just don't look right, and he can make adjustments throughout the game where he's not going to continue to do that throughout. Um, but yeah, I didn't like his start either because the 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 Predators get the. The first goal, and then you know uh, that comes right back with the Flames. It was nice to yeah. see them get to respond that quickly. It was a beautiful pass by Manjapani Great work down low, Great wins work a battle. Down. That's yeah. exactly what I mean, right? Like that's all him. And then Hannifin was—he's hot right now. He's playing well and puts that puck in the net. And okay, now we're one-one. Now, okay, now we're set back to zero here. And then uh, you know that—they that, 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 <laughs> they stayed at zero. <laughs> and then that's that, that second goal too was just weird because you could see when it bounced off the back of the boards and popped out, and you could see. Markstrom tried to put his paddle down, but the shaft of his stick was on the back of the net. He so missed it. So, yeah. so yeah. He, he couldn't get it down. So that's a weird thing to do because he's just assuming he's gonna get it, but it, it's on the net, and you can see it on the replay. And it goes underneath the stick and pops out right, you know, right there. Um and it was just a bad bounce. And um, you know, Markstrom played played a phenomenal game last night, too. Though. Yeah, yeah, he, he had the read
0: great. right and it just
3: yeah, right through. Yeah. And right? it happens too. you. put right. your paddle down and it hits a guy's stick in front or you're kind of in a weird spot. There's two guys battling beside right. you. And it doesn't go down and flat. And, it, yeah. and that guy couldn't try to recreate the, that shot if he wanted to because, you know, 75% of his paddle was down. It was just under that 25% that wasn't all the way.
0: I also thought it was maybe a bit of a step back for the Weger-Anderson pair. Yeah. They lost a battle in the corner on that play. There was a turnover a little yep. bit earlier on that one as well. So maybe it wasn't as sharp. From that well,
3: group, and then it popped out too, and I think I think it was Uyghur. or uh, could yeah, but you know he just instead of tying up the the the, the, the predator forward stick, he just kind of gave him a little little push, tried to do the, the jam play y- on yeah. the back, yeah, and it's like you just just break his stick, you know, like we're, just bring you the you hammer it I mean? down, just hammer, yeah. it, you know, do yeah. something prevent him from scoring a little push in the back is not... our stick at it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, that did come later, right? Yeah, you know, well, I, I you do right want right to get here. to that yeah. later,
0: because yeah. that was an amazing play and maybe my favorite part of the entire sixty minute effort yesterday.
1: Brent Cron, you know him, you love him. He joins the uh, big show with uh, Ruskin Rose this week with Klein and Rose uh, after every Flames game here on Sportsnet 960. Great stuff from Croner. Highly recommend you check it out uh, when Brent gets on to uh, chat about the Flames. Of course, they're back in action on Friday. That's when we will talk to you next. We'll get you set for the Flames and the Dallas Stars. First of a back-to-back with the Flames as they'll be in Colorado on Saturday to finish off this road trip. Uh, And as we say goodbye today, we're telling you we're here at here at Adrenaline Source for Sports, 9309 McLeod Trail South. That's where we're coming from today. Uh, Getting you ready for their Black Friday sales event. They've adjusted their hours. They're open an hour earlier tomorrow at 9 a.m. They've got great deals today and tomorrow. Saxon stands 25% off that apparel brand, up to 25% off on select Yeti items, 30% off Pit Viper glasses, 25% off Sherwood products. Make sure you check out their Instagram feeds for updates so you know uh, the deals are coming. It's going to be up to 50% off some of their great hockey brands. They're going to have savings on sticks, protective gear, baseball. You're not going to be disappointed. And make sure you're one of the first people in line tomorrow. They're giving away $3,200 in-gift certificates to the first 55 people through the door. That's one per family, but the first 15 people going to get $100. Doors open at 9 a.m., so make sure you're here early. Adrenaline Source for Sports, the official retail partner of Hockey Calgary. Thank you to my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, uh, for their great work in the Doug Lacey's Basin Systems downtown studios today. Uh, thank you to Sam Cosentino and Adnan Virk for uh, joining us on the program today. You missed any of it, check us out on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate our listeners uh, on the podcast or live on Sportsnet 960. If you shout us a text at nine six zero nine six zero. Appreciate you as well. We will be back tomorrow to get you set for the Flames and the Stars. Coming up next. Flames talk. Steinberg and Gilbertson taking over here at uh, Adrenaline Sorcerer Sports. Come on in. Say hi. Check out the great deals that they got here at Adrenaline. Give Pat a big hug. Ask him all your Flames questions. Wes also very affectionate. He'll show you around the store personally and help you uh, with your holiday shopping. That's how great of a guy Wes Gilbertson is. He will be your personal shopper here at Adrenaline Sorcerer Sports. He will leave Pat in the dust. Pat will do this broadcast by himself as Wes personally helps you find what you need for the holidays. That's how committed we are to helping you. Uh, Flamestalk is next with Steinberg and Gilbertson. enjoy it. Have a great Thursday night. We'll chat with you tomorrow here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.